Hello, I'm Andrew Jubin. Steven Sadak. Chris Gabin. Eric Siska. And we hate movies. Welcome to We Hate Movies. Thank you for tuning in to what turned out to be our third anniversary show. That's right. We've been rattling around the halls of the internet for three years. Uh, so we're all on hand to talk about a movie that might be a little uh, of a controversial pick for some people. Yeah. Ivan Reitman's 1989 Ghostbusters. Duh. Everyone listening, you know, it's okay. This is like a cocoon. It's okay to like a movie. But... <laughs> Well, you, just you really make them feel okay about it, but saying, it's okay if you like it. <laughs> that, I was being sincere. <laughs> it is okay to like it. it and is. I guess, you know, the perfect example of this is the fact that until like a year ago, I was one of those people who was like, hey man, Ghostbusters 2 is an awesome movie. And, uh, you know, I always say like, it's the third movie I saw. What the fuck is going on outside? Fucking motorcycle gang. <laughs> they, they, they heard we're doing Ghostbusters too. <laughs> sons of Anarchy are coming after us. <laughs> oh no, the Sons! <laughs> no, but you know, it's the third movie I ever saw in theaters, and so I kind of had that in place. Yeah. I saw it before I saw Ghostbusters, right? Yeah. Ooh. But you know, it was like a year ago, I say this in front of Steve, and he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You were in the it's almost a tie situation. Like, Ghostbusters 1, Ghostbusters 2, kind of the, almost as good as each other. I was like, I, not not in my house. It's, I mean, it's technically the same movie, so I <laughs> yeah. was sort of close. Yeah, but uh, no, this this movie's boring. This movie is uncreative. It's not funny whatsoever. Everyone's asleep. Yep. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to be there. There's no through line. What I mean, it's all like choppiness. But it's the Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> it's also... don't you like the Ghostbusters? <laughs> I thought I did. Crazy man. Are you Rick Moranis' father? <laughs> I have or no idea. That's a great voice, it's though. It's a man on the street. <laughs> <laughs> it's Joe Sixpack. Here he is. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's your classic carbon copy sequel, and it's wretched. And, you know, n now having watched the movie, you know, through what I've been calling the WHM gaze, you know, I have seen the light, man. I am unplugged from the Matrix. This is just dumb. It's bad. It's a bad movie. You know, having said that, I'll probably see it another 20 times before yeah. I die. Oh, easily. It's, yeah. a, it's a Ghostbusters movie, but it's just, it's a bad movie on a fundamental, like, comedy level. It's kind of a weird failure because it's got the the original all of the original cast is there all the original cast oh, the budget is not bad the the director is there the writers are there everybody everybody's in place and they just kind of didn't bother to show up and it's not like it was a movie that was churned out like for the next summer yeah it was exactly five years so like you had time to figure it out i just picture like you know, this, this script is written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis. I have a feeling like they were just kind of sitting around like, yeah, yeah, we know when the script is due. We'll get there. Don't worry. And then like the day before they're supposed to start table reads, like Ivan Reitman calls and he's like, hey, uh, hey, Danny, uh, you guys got that script ready to go? And Dan Aykroyd was like, oh, fuck. And he threw down his bathtub vodka and got to a typewriter. <laughs> Well, because, I mean, the difference must have been, because, what, the, f the first movie, they wrote it, and apparently they got stoned, 
and just wrote it in a house in Cape Cod. It's that's one of the greatest stories of all time. They went out for a week, smoking a bunch of grass, and they wrote one of the most amazing comedies and, ever. And this, it seems like they just like hung around, ate like tuna from the can, and like took Mucinex or something. Like it's just like the lamest wet noodle of a story. Wet noodle is kind of a, a way to go with it. Yeah, I would say that. And even with the the quote unquote WHM gaze of like I fucking hate everything. I rewatched that first movie. It's fantastic. It's literally it hasn't even lost a beat. I'm laughing out loud in my um, home by myself. Yeah, I mean we're making fun of Ghostbusters too, yep. but you know we're not writing a bad review of Ghostbusters. No, like certain no. websites have. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely correct. Ghostbusters, you know, is able to move beyond nostalgia, and it's a fucking funny movie. Like, it's not just a silly ghost movie. As a matter of fact, Steve, I rewatched it maybe about three weeks ago. Just yeah. it was one of those Sunday things I'm putting on Ghostbusters. I'm still catching some jokes yep. in like the nooks and crannies of that movie that I just I hadn't got before, and I've seen the movie a hundred times, and that's the sign of a good movie. Like those Caddyshacks, another one. You're like, oh, I never saw that before, kind of a thing. This is just like every single thing. It's just out there, and none of the jokes land. Well, Ghostbusters is comedy first. It's all you know what I mean. Like there's ghosts in there. There's some action, some adventure, some romance, but it's all like let's. What's the joke of the scene? Let's write around that. Let's find a way to make this. And then the Gozer shows up in the last 20 minutes, and we have the state of Marshmallow Man, and it's over with. This movie, the plot is so important to it. The story, the villain. Who's going to be the villain in the next Ghostbusters movie? Right. I don't give a flying fuck. It does, like, that's, let's let's yeah. sit down and eat pizza and make some jokes. I just <laughs> assumed the villain was always ghosts. <laughs> Blank ghosts see that's another thing that this movie amps up more than the original too i was like is this a world where there's ghosts running around or is it just out and out monsters like yeah. could the ghostbusters fight a dracula yeah you know are there werewolves floating you know, around that would almost be interesting instead like when, when, when the ghosts do eventually come back which takes a while and there's a little montage of ghouls there is a shot of, I think it's like Washington Square Park. Yes. And it's a Cloverfield it's, Phantom. It's a rancor. It's, <laughs> I thought, I think Luke Skywalker was escaping it. At the chicken sp- boat in its mouth. <laughs> yeah. Help me. Well, there's that. There's like, uh, I mean, that's another thing with this movie. There's a whole lot of like montages because we just got to fucking pass the ghost busting time. And there's the one where like the ladies fur coats got the little beasts on it. Yeah. Well, where the fuck did they come from? You're not just wearing this thing and there's fucking heads floating it's, around. It's a bunch of uh, little animal ghosts come back. Well, you know what? Those <laughs> seals had unfinished business. <laughs> I think it's mix. Why not? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mix. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. But that's another thing, though. This movie's got so many. Like the old. Uh, the, the the side plot of the Ghostbusters go up to that cabin and there's that ghost beach in yeah. that first one. There's so it's clearly so many dropped scenes and storylines and deleted segments that you see in these montages. That's them ghostbusting. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, it's Ghostbusters too. How about some ghostbusting? That's the problem, because the beginning of you would think like the beginning of the movie, let's just get right back to it. Let's either pick right up, or maybe we've been Ghostbusting for a while. Maybe we're tired of Ghostbusting. But for some reason, at the end of the first Ghostbusters movie, I don't know if you've seen it in a while, they save the world. They, like, unapologetically, <laughs> on camera, yeah. save the fucking world. Yep. In front of everybody. Ron <laughs> Jeremy's there as an extra. <laughs> he even sees what's going on. Like, the world is saved. Yep. And there's a, a 80 
foot marshmallow man that trounces through Manhattan announcing to the world, guess what? There's ghosts. There's it's it's a real there's no going back from mm-hmm. you know, we don't you know, you can't unknow what we know now, right? Like it's that movie's nine eleven. Like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man is a nine eleven situation. Yeah, it's a very it's a supernatural nine eleven. Yeah. <laughs> Tremendous property damage. Yep. Oh, yeah. Top to bottom, huge property I, I, I damage. Reme- I remember 9-11, Chris. <laughs> that is exactly what I said after 9-11. <laughs> oh, my God, the property damage. But, you know, they're, they're the heroes of the world, just four working stiff guys, <laughs> save the world. And in this movie, and they're praised the second they come off that oh, high yeah. rise. They're fu- like, that's oh, yeah. it. Everybody's just hooting and hollering. Even Dan Aykroyd's getting laid tonight. Like that's that's how that's how crazy that's, shit's getting. That's how much was on the line. Was that Dan Aykroyd, Doctor? Not Dan Aykroyd, but Doctor Raymond Detroit Stance. Dan Aykroyd, Doctor Raymond Stance, fucked a ten after that thing. Okay, like it was a real deal thing. We cut to five years later. Somehow. Everyone forgot that ghosts exist. Everyone forgot what happened. And somehow the Ghostbusters got blamed for all the property damage. It's as if Dickless from the first movie wound up like convincing everyone like, no, the Ghostbusters did cause all this. It was toxic fumes from right. their containment unit. Yeah, like, it was all staged or something. There's no it doesn't make any sense. Now they are they're destitute, basically doing child's parties now as clowns. Yeah, they're doing Jason Reitman's birthday party. And this thing is like I feel like that beginning might have flown for Ghostbusters three, like yes. twenty years later or whatever yes. it is. But why do why do it right after? They haven't even built the church back up that the Marshmallow Man destroyed. You know what I mean? Like, that's still not done. And they're reduced to nothing. And then and this movie just, surprise, they quickly overcome it. And it's like, so I, I have to watch them sl- being being humi- basically humiliated. I mean, that's what I would think it is. <laughs> that's for, the thing. for like 30 minutes for no reason. They come in and they're losers. They're these big vic- they're victims in this movie, which makes no sense. And I would have rather had had the, like... The quiz show movie that happened in the five years in between, <laughs> where they are found, like if they if they actually went on trial, and like no, you made all this That'd up. That'd be amazing. Like that a would courtroom be... drama, like yeah. a Scopes monkey trial, but it's a Scopes ghost trial. <laughs> yep. You need uh, you need to start this movie with an inciting incident in where the Ghostbusters screw something up. <laughs> then you can cut to five years later, and it's they're they're playing birthday parties. This movie just starts with the five years later text. That's it. Like, you need to see them yeah, fall from they, grace. They should have, like, accidentally killed someone and be like, but I got his ghost. You want to <laughs> talk to him? Well, they- <laughs> like, oh, my God, the Ghostbusters are monsters. <laughs> but it's the Ghostbusters. <laughs> Paul Schofield plays, uh, in your quiz show movie, Paul Schofield plays uh, Egon's father. You made up the ghosts. <laughs> oh, my God. We go to Egon's house for the summer. <laughs> Speaking of Egon as a character in general, uh, I noticed this on this rewatching this. He's just Spock. Like yeah, his character is just Spock. Yeah, it's Spock. I, I never mean, it's really great noticed in the first it. movie, but it's still just Spock. I'm not a fan of this word, but it came to my head the minute, like about halfway through this movie, but right after this first time seeing him, he's a bit bitchy in this movie. <laughs> yeah, just like Spock. Like every little. <laughs> <Just> like- <laughs> 
every time you cut to him, he's just got like a little snarky comment like, no, that's not how it happened. <laughs> yeah, he is kind of a dick. He's an asshole. I mean, and that's a problem. And he's too. the only one doing well at this point, too, it seemingly. Yeah. He's got some weird experimental psychology firm where part of his research is filming a young girl. Okay. <laughs> that experiment's really weird because what they're measuring is like the effects of emotions on a room. So, like, they have the the couple that's arguing, so they're seeing, like, how the room well, feels yeah, about that. That's it's really thing. weird. This movie's the real villain of this movie is negative energy. Like, that's what it's all yeah, about. And vibes. that's So, Harold Raymond, I mean, Egon has been hanging out with, like, experimenting on an energy in a room, I guess. And yeah. that's why he can, I guess, figure out that a painting can do that, too. Which- <laughs> By the way, the the experiments are going at going on at Columbia University. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, Dean Yeager. Sure. <laughs> yeah, where the fuck is Dean Yeager? By the way, that'd be great if he came back. You'd be great if you got you got rode out on a rail. <laughs> you fired the Ghostbusters. <laughs> that was a cash cow, Yeager. Well, they're at Columbia in the first movie. Yeah, they got kicked. He, out. He okay. co- well, I guess. Harold Ramis comes back. But also, here's the thing. If we're assuming in this world that the Ghostbusters didn't save the world and they're just quote-unquote con artists, they all get the chair. Like, that's it. Like, <laughs> you've killed people. You you know what I mean? Like, there's... Well, that's what I was kind of curious about from that first movie, like, with the little Stay Puffs damage and everything. Are people losing their lives? Somebody, uh, Somebody's dead. dead. Someone's dead? There's, Somebody's got to be dead. They're What's stepping the body on those count? cars. I mean, hundreds? If I, if, if I saw a fucking 100-pound, 100 100-foot 100 marshmallow man, I'd have a fucking heart attack. I would just be like, ah! I'd be dead. So there's a lot of those like, oh, my medication. Yeah, and he's 30. Think of all the 80-year-olds who are on that street. And speaking It of, is the Upper West Side, yeah. by the way. There's a lot of rich old fucks up there. <laughs> that is true. And <laughs> I would be very weary of dying during an event in which... Um, the traveler has come and Gozer is take, <laughs> yeah. taking over. Because if I die, I'm likely just get my soul is going to be like Gozer's toilet paper. Or something. Yeah, you get sucked into that portal too. It's like, yeah, no, it's I just like, died oh, by great. accident. Oh, I got to go to the, the the hell dog world. Great. By the way, Gozer's toilet paper was the name of a band I was in in high school. <laughs> no, you wish. It's a yeah. rap rock outfit, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly, hats on backwards. So, in so far as the Ghostbusters not doing so well, I think Ray Sands has got the cushiest. Li- like he's running that yeah. old occult bookstore. It's a bookstore that I for uh, the first I, time I, today I, I noticed uh, it's on St. Mark's. I not, wish I had that. Yeah, like what, after we get exposed as con artists, I hope I get to open an occult bookstore. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. just a cushy little East Village yeah, little just, bookstore. That's the thing too specialty bookstore Mm -hmm. you don't got any motherfuckers coming looking for little romance novels it's fucking ghouls and goblins 24 7 you're you're taken care of because at least five times a day you got somebody asking for you to order the anarchist handbook (laughs) or the cookbook the anarchist cookbook (laughs) yeah he's doing that and then you know bill yeah but we have the hunger games too you know uh we gotta we gotta (laughs) stand that as the hunger games you gotta have it you Uh, gotta move it gone girl (laughs) <laughs> pretty well, strong pretty strong little read actually i think i think at this point it would be a, a kindle store or something <laughs> yeah. right? uh, actually eric the uh the occult section is the only uh section of the uh, book book buying world that's not affected by the kindle <laughs> oh, no. uh, the spells don't work if they're uh <laughs> lit by an led light everybody it's, knows a spell read electronically doesn't work that's one of the things that you don't know it's like a spell part of the spell is written on wood it's true you know like that's the first part they, they don't 
it's understood, so they don't write it there. Right. No, that's totally true. Yeah. And so Bill Murray's got a, a cable access program, World of the Psychic, mm-hmm. where he's interviewing Kevin Dunn and uh, the lady who played Nancy Spungen in this, like, nothing cameo. And this is post-Sid and Nancy. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing in this movie? And she's the one that realizes that the world is going to end, or he realizes that the, it's kind of hilarious. Uh, Kevin Dunn realizes that the world is going to end on New Year's, which it will if the Ghostbusters don't get their act together. Correct. And the other woman was just raped and like, yeah. like she was like roofied by an alien. Yeah, but she was just she's like, yeah, I was at this bar and this guy gave me a drink and I woke up in his room and it was really scary and I think he was an alien and <laughs> Bill Murray was like, <laughs> not really, idiot. Like that's the job I want when this show goes on. It's sort of what laughing at rape is. victims. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if they think it was aliens, then yes. <laughs> yeah, I, guess, I guess that is a little hilarious. Let me tell you something. You know where an alien is never going to nest? Paramus, New Jersey, which is where she said she was <laughs> at the time of this encounter. Maybe the toxicity of the air allows them to breathe. Wasn't she also the girl who ends up with Danny DeVito and twins? Yes. Because that experience would explain this. Oh. It's, oh sh- I'm an alien. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm from another planet. This is a little alien dust for your drink. Oh, is that why you look so weird? <laughs> that's why you have that ponytail. She's on also- my planet, I'm tall. I play on a basketball team. Speaking of uh, tiny creeps, uh, she's also uh, the hooker with a heart of gold that Bob Hoskins gets in heart condition. You're absolutely correct. Uh, Dana Barrett, by the way, again, because this movie has to start at zero. Uh, apparently she, uh, stopped dating Bill Murray, stopped being, here's the thing. If you're in the orchestra, that's a pretty big fucking deal. That takes a lifetime to master. But it's not just the orchestra. Like she's in the first movie. She's recording it, rehearsing at Lincoln Center. She's playing in the fucking New York Philharmonic. That's, That's her job. That's the top. That's as far as you're going to go, because you're not going to be Yo-Yo Ma. <laughs> and then she takes a side job just because you know, pay the rent after she has a kid as an art curator. That's a 12-year apprenticeship. Like, what? That's how, not, how, it's not a job how, at Denny's. How? It's not... How? How? Oh, well, uh, kind of art world, kind of art world. Yeah. No, yeah, you could go between those. And you're, you're sitting there Just watching, to pay the bills. What are you going to do? You're watching the movie, though, and you're just like, Dan Aykroyd. Harold Ramis they both know what happened in the first movie you might even say they were the fucking stars of it you're writing this movie why would you just do that what's so bad about her being a cello player so just so we have the timeline correct here in this little five year gap yeah please Mm -hmm. Chris make sure we got everything straight okay a lot of information going on this is Ghostbusters 2 here first thing (laughs) they're outed as hucksters (laughs) con artists A then the relationship between Dan Aykroyd and Sigourney Weaver, Bill Murray, Bill Murray, sorry, and uh, Sigourney Weaver, putters out. She meets somebody new, mm-hmm. dates him, marries him, yep, has a kid, yep. breaks up with him. You got it. And does a twelve-year course for art restoration. Uh, oh, yep. and and and, and uh, he abandons his child and moves to Europe or something. Yep. Yeah, just, just has no fucking time for it. It's nope. been a whirlwind. Wait, all of <laughs> for Dana Barrett. By, by the way, all of that, all of that, just to show me, hey, could Bill Murray be a good stepdad? <laughs> 
Which is what everyone who watched that first Ghostbusters movie wanted the answer no, to that question. I wanted a biological Bill Murray child. <laughs> yeah. I wanted Venkman Jr. Dude, I wanted it to be a thing where the end of the movie, it turns out Bill Murray is the biological Oh, father. shit twist. Yep, 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 yep. Uh... Yeah, no, I want to see the the Dana Barrett side movie where uh, we watch her go to both night and day school to get this degree in time for the sequel. While pregnant. Yeah, yeah, while raising this child. What are you even talking about? But she even says in the video, it's like a dropped line. She's just like, you know, I'm thinking now that Oscar's a little older, I might go back to the symphony. (laughs) Like... It's like Does telling, she say that? Yeah, it's like telling your temp agency that you're done being a temp and you should go back. Like, no, I'm sorry. These are both they're both extremely difficult, extremely skilled positions. So, yeah, and the position has been filled. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they, by the way, yeah. They, the the museum, which is a fake museum in this movie, the Manhattan Museum of Art, they're having a Degas uh exhibition. And yeah, her job is touching up paintings. Yeah. You don't let some night school <laughs> lackey just in there with a brush cleaning this thing. No. Yeah, yeah. It's you, fucking hundreds of years old. Can, can, but I play a violin, so or cello or whatever. So can we talk about Peter McNichol? Yes, please. Because one of the only people trying in this movie to no avail. You know what? Here's a here's a little tip though for Peter McNichol. Even though I do like him in this movie, trying a little too hard. Well. The note I have here is, uh, when he comes on screen is Peter How and Why McNichol. <laughs> he apparently was so into this role that he was making a whole lot of Janos Poha backstory uh-huh. about the country that he was from, which is a fake country as far as I know. Carpathia. Is that a fake country? Yeah. I'm yeah, right? Sure that's that a sounds fake, fake. I mean, call me on it, audience, if you've got Carpathian Because it's supposed to be somewhere in the, in the Balkans right. near, near Hungary. And no, not yeah. in my mind. That doesn't check out. But so Peter McNichol made up this whole history of Carpathia, including drawing a picture of what he thought the Carpathian flag looked like. You know, that was at the bottom of Dan Aykroyd's garbage, by the way. <laughs> like, he's like, hey, Danny, I got a great idea. It's all this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's fantastic. Aliens in here? No, oh, garbage. Dan Aykroyd was given that flag drawing while he was eating a huge slice of pizza. <laughs> And after he consumed said slice of pizza, used that drawing to wipe his mouth and then threw it in the garbage. Because who gives a shit? Wipes up the condensation that came from the fountain soda. Get that off there. Nice clean desk. Goodbye. So instead of in you know the first movie we've got like there's these inklings of like a, a fucking crazy looking dog saying Zool and like what the fuck's that? It's just no. Nope, living painting hello i'm your villain the painting video drones that's the only thing that happens <laughs> well i'll tell you this this is something that i actually only noticed this first time i watched it is this movie has such a gigantic plot hole that technically this movie should the story shouldn't come together there's no way the ghostbusters would figure this out so here's here's my thinking on this the movie starts with dana barrett's walking her kid on the upper east side she's moved to the other side of the park because that's fucking ghost town where she was in the last <laughs> right. movie so i'll move to the upper east side that's just all rich old people well that's the on the west side that's where all the uh symphony 
orchestra lives, and this is where the art historians go. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, right. yeah, it's more right. of an Eastern. Because it's the, the Mets Met on the East the side. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. You're totally right. And it's, suddenly it's like Douglas Sirk's New York. Like, there's this cabbie who's ready to take her groceries. It's I, a I whole mean, thing. So, like, her carriage, like, gets so pulled away, and it's going through the streets, and whoop-de-fuck. Like, it's a paranormal event. She call. We all know this, right? She calls the Ghostbusters in aside from Venkman because she doesn't want to see him. And not Winston, because Winston's kind of not a real ghostbuster. Yep, totally isn't. Uh, you know, so she's like, listen, Egon and, and Stance, you know, can you please investigate this carriage crisis? That's the start of the paranormal what's goings on, right? right? Yeah. Okay. Then, later in the movie is when Bill Murray visits her at work where she's restoring paintings somehow. <laughs> And he sees the fucking, the, the Vigo painting and Peter McNichols Carpathian out all over the place. And Bill Murray is just like, huh, that's weird. So it's two separate things, okay? Then somewhere in the middle, there's a scene later where Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis are doing research. And he's like, oh, by the way, I did some research into that Vigo character that Venkman mentioned. And I'm like, wait, why? <laughs> you're investigating this carriage crisis you know about the river of slime that's already happened you know what's going on with all that that's what you're researching you're researching your mood slime why are you taking time out of that to research the backstory of fucking vigo the carpathian maybe because he wants to order a book on him for the store <laughs> So what did he just get like bored with slime rivers running under New York? I well, just... that's a given, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and there's chuds, and we know the story of Dude, Unter Ghost, New York. Ghostbusters v chuds, by the way. <laughs> by the way, though, it's an, and you know this is not a thing because it's not like a movie that needed to be made for New York audiences. I mean, it is a movie that's filmed on location in New York, which is awesome. There's a lot of cool '80s exterior New York, but. Dan Aykroyd says, he's like, oh, it's the old pneumatic transit system, blah, blah, blah. The pneumatic transit system was the first ever subway that was built in the city, right? Built independently of the city's permission. The motherfucker just dug a hole and built this thing, okay? Mm -hmm. It was a city block long, like 312 feet or something like that. In this movie, it's this huge rail system where this fucking locomotive's chug-a-choo-choo and all the way through it. I was sure. like... Why would you do that? Like, just just make it an old. So there's plenty yes. of old abandoned, abandoned subway yeah, lines in this city. That's a fascinating thing that you can waste a whole week on on the internet. But like, it's just these little details that I'm like, this movie is just so poorly thought out, poorly researched. You're just throwing things in for no reason. Yeah, absolutely. It's and obnoxious. also this river of slime things itself. There's like. <laughs> Hands that come out of it, like with three, like finger. It's right, weird. It, yes, it's like the slime, like personifies itself. Well, there's that great scene where Sigourney Weaver takes her shirt off to bathe with this baby <laughs> for no fucking reason. It's just like, why not, audience? You and paid a ticket. Clickety clack, and then Dana takes her shirt off. <laughs> hey, Ramus, you think uh, you think Sigourney will take her shirt off for this one or what? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, good. I'm finally gonna write that scene. You know, Ray. Uh, Sorry, you know Dan. Uh, a lot more uh, kids are coming to these movies. I don't care. <laughs> click, 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 click. Yeah, yeah. I already put one in. She's got a kid. <laughs> She's got a kid. She's bathing with it. It's great. Look, it doesn't have to be full frontal. It's just partial frontal. <laughs> 
This episode is brought to you in part by Rocket Money, and they have this question for you. They handed to me just now. Mr. Rocket just handed me this. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they pay around $80 a month on subscription services, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And with Rocket Money, you can lower those bills without resorting to having bean dinners every day of the week. You know, you have those bean dinners to try to save some few bucks. But if you were monitoring your spending with Rocket Money, you didn't necessarily need to eat every bean dinner. So find out what all the fuss is about. You know, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like the Stars app. Don't get me started. You don't have to go through all the back end of the website anymore. You don't have to call customer service. Rocket Money helps you manage all your finances in one place as well and categorizes everything. It's easy to keep track of a whole budget. Even I can do it and I got rocks in my head. So find out what 3 million people have already done. They've taken the rocket, folks. Stop throwing the money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash WHM. That is rocketmoney.com slash WHM. Once more, rocketmoney.com slash WHM, which stands for We Hate Movies. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, my 20s, while being a lot of fun, a lot of the time, were pretty rough. I wasn't exactly rolling in dough. I lived at home until I was about 25. And for most of it, I didn't have this show or you lovely people in my life. I just kind of drifted around without direction. and didn't know where to voice that. Then I started to get my crap together one piece at a time. And the last piece, which didn't come until my early 30s, was therapy. And man, I wish it came along sooner. Ever since I started sitting down as a licensed therapist, I've had a place to voice my insecurities and try to fashion plans to help me achieve my goals. So that's why I'm thrilled we're sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be flexible, convenient, and suited to meet your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and the good thing is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WHM today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash W-H-M. So they get, I mean, like, really, they get arrested because they're just, like, doing all their ghost-busting business in the city without any permits or whatever. Well, they're and taking a huge hole in the middle of First that's Avenue. The, that's going to be a problem. And all of a sudden, like, Egon's and e- improv comedian which is kind of problematic like well, this is also it's kind of what they do in that first movie it's a deleted scene where dan Aykroyd and bill murray are homeless people in central park oh yeah and rick moranis runs through when he's possessed and they're just like and there's like there's a little bit of uh the two old guys from trading places kind of a bit there Mm -hmm. it's that again like all of a sudden the three of them are just in the middle of the road being like oh oh, you tell him to stop god no way bruno what the fuck's going on they're playing common you know they're like Oh, what is the guy that um, does work like Con Edison or something sound like? Oh, I, oh, moron! Yes, there we go. <laughs> I, I, 
imagine those jobs are pretty involved. But it leads us to the best scene in the movie, which is the Ghostbusters have to stand trial. Not the go. Oh, everybody but Winston. Winston shows up at the beginning of the trial like, boy, you guys are in some mess. See you later, movie. <laughs> like, it's just, why the fuck is, and you know, I'll, I'll fucking say it, why is Winston riding at the back of the bus of this movie? You know why? Yeah. But it's, it's bullshit. He earned his stripes in the first movie as a yeah, fucking, he's true. a Ghostbuster. He's a, he's a full on fucking Ghostbuster. It doesn't make, like, here's what I don't understand about that. You either have Winston in the courtroom supporting the Ghostbusters, or you don't have him at all. Why does he come in at the beginning like, oh, what a mess. And then he leaves and misses all the action. He's not even sitting there with them. Worse than that, they make another Ghostbuster. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Instead of using the Ghostbuster you have, you made another Ghostbuster. Is he a white gentleman, Chris? He is. <laughs> all right, good. Thank God. That's what I, I, I was getting a little un, uncertain of my ratios. 25% a little high for me. But Harris Eulen's rocking ass in this movie. He's man. great. He's I great mean, as the judge. And Rick, Rick Moranis is actually like full on hysterical in this scene. He's Rick Moranis is the best part of this movie. Him and Annie Potts yep. best part yep. of this movie, Absolutely. hands down. They're just really funny. They're doing like full. The thing is, they're doing characters, which I mean, like Ray Dan Aykroyd kind of like butches up a bit in this movie. He's less more a, a moronic baby man, which is a bit of a problem. Yeah, but he's still a baby man. Though. Yeah, that's he's true. not getting as excited over the. Th- but he's still like, oh, you got him now, fellas. Oh, you got him. Oh, boys, we're back. Well, yeah. I mean, you've got to do something. Venkman is blowing raspberries on a fucking baby's stomach half this movie, <laughs> and like, I don't know what you were thinking. If, to have one character that's just a center that isn't the dick Egon, like, that's what I need. I need somebody to lead this fucking team, and it's Bill Murray's do- not doing anything. Bill Murray does nothing in this movie, and you can tell he wasn't happy with the movie, like, while he's fucking oh, making yeah, you can, it. Yeah, he's just, most of his lines are, like, fucking just asides to no one. And he even said, like, there was some interview where he was, like, at, like right after it came out, and yeah. he was like, uh, yeah, the, that movie needed less slime and more us. And I'm like, yeah, because you're kind of just not doing anything. Nobody's doing it. I mean, so, yeah, uh, the the Scolari brothers, not Peter Scolari and his brother. Peter Gave Scolari. him the chance. <laughs> Tried him for murder. <laughs> so good. I love it. Harris Yulin's amazing. He's, yeah, and he's just, Well, he says that they should be burned at this. He, like, gives them their <laughs> sentence, like, three years, $100,000 each or something. And he's like, yeah. And on a personal note, if it was, if I had my way, you'd be burned at the stake. Well, because <laughs> that's going on the record, Judge. You well, know, it seems like the beginning of a stroke. Like he's kind of in his own space and yeah. he's escalating. He doesn't notice that the wi- that a windstorm <laughs> is starting in his courtroom. Why? Be quiet. <laughs> Shut up. See, it's all the negative energy, and it's like, dude, man, justice is really harsh in my buzz. <laughs> <laughs> Says the slime. Man, if, if Rick Mor- <laughs> if Rick Moranis was a good enough lawyer, which he's not, uh, also, he goes from also, a cat tax account. By the way, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Why, well, why is he even a lawyer? No, he he's an accountant account- in the first movie. Yes, the, why, why is everyone changing to job? There? Everyone's a Homer Simpson in this movie. <laughs> Just, what's wrong with having him be an accountant? He's a successful accountant. He's got that high-rise apartment, which, I mean, he probably got insurance for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that that building. That's not a rental situation. You buy that fucking place, and you live there. Give me that gaggle of guys. I'm putting Egon to defend me, you know? Put him up there. Nah, don't. 
Rick Moranis? He's a buffoon. <laughs> yeah. He's such a buffoon. Like, why would you ask Lewis Tully? By the way, in the five years, was he the only one that didn't turn on the Ghostbusters? Why are they friends with him? In the first movie, no. he's kind of an acquaintance of Bill Murray. And they don't like him. It. No, nobody likes him. They he's take him in dweeb. and do experiments on him. That's it. He's a client. And now they're just best buds. Like, did they know no one? Like, there wasn't one client that they helped bust a ghost and he was like, by the way, I'm a successful lawyer. If you ever get any trouble with this crazy business you have, give me a buzz. You know what's also bullshit? Just thinking about the Winston thing. Everyone's got a couple of jobs when the Ghostbusters break up. Winston's just doing those parties. He doesn't work at the bookstore. He doesn't own a bookstore. He doesn't have a TV show. He's not a scientist. Yeah. Does he he say something? Because I I noticed in the beginning, right after the party, it's like a Woody Allen scene (laughs) where like him and uh, Stance are just like talking about what you're doing for a living. Where are you going to get your pizza tonight and shit like that? And I think he says something about a job there because... I hope he does. I just hope for his own sake. Well, all I know is he's just like, no, please, no more birthday parties. (laughs) You said it would be the last fucking birthday party. Well, because and that's what makes me think it, because like if if this was his only, you know, career, I would think he'd be like, please, more of the parties, more of the parties. I mean, yeah, who knows? He maybe maybe he's got a construction job or something. Why bother filling out a fucking story background for... Who cares about your fourth fucking Ghostbuster? It's insane how much he has to take a backseat in this movie. It's It's, it's ridiculous. Why why would you not ask him to help out with this First Avenue Dig project? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I don't even call him for that. (laughs) He's not allowed in Dana Barrett's apartment for some reason. (laughs) Yep. I mean... like, I get it, right? The three of them are the parapsychologists, and he's like the working stiff who yep. just gets hired off the street to do all the grunt work of busting these ghosts. But you would imagine in the five years since he's joined the team, he's maybe learned a little bit of, you know, the different terms for ghosts, how to use all the gizmos and doodads. Like, Winston can work his way around a gaga meter. Fucking come on, everybody. He's like, like Jesse Pinkman. He learns how to do meth from Walter White. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he learns, <laughs> he learns by doing. Exactly right. Why would you not call him? I mean, maybe he's the guy that kind of does have a sweet job. And they're like, hey, Winston, you want to come with us? We're going to dig a hole in the middle of the street. And he's like, I have obligations and responsibilities. Maybe Winston's got like a family of five back in Brooklyn that we don't know about. He could have a family of 12. I have no fucking clue. <laughs> he no, might as well. But, but, Bill, but uh, Peter Venkman is not related to a child that we see him raise. So... <laughs> So, it's very so the Scalari brothers, like the the judge, uh, you know, they, they get the judge to drop the charges, yeah. right, in order to fight these monsters. That's it's, one of the jokes that's act- it actually kind of hits is when, uh, you know, he says something, something. They'd be exp- when Rick Moranis says they'd be exposing themselves, yeah. and you know the 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 gag of and you don't want us exposing ourselves. Mm-hmm. The joke that works. Funny joke. Yeah, it's, there's, there, there are some jokes. It's this. one and, yeah. you know, maybe a handful of jokes that are told in this movie that actually fly. What, what In the Ghostbusters world, it kind of 
the go and we kind of talk, hit on this the rancor like why are the Scaleri brothers so monstrous looking like Later, there's that jogger ghost who's just a dude who's a jogger. He's, He's just, just a, a guy. Yeah, just a, a guy ghost. And these guys are like eight feet tall. They're like they look like Jim Henson designed them. I mean, maybe it's a thing where like the more you toil on this, like you know, in in like middle ground between hell and earth, you just start to start to deform or yet, rot. Yet, yet Vigo looks fucking great. Yeah, you know, I, considering uh, that he's thousands of years old, most of those totally Titanic fine. survivors look fine. Yeah, don't even get me fucking started and about that gag. One of the problems with this movie is we we basically see all this 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 ghostbustering through like montages. Yep, and we're just fast forwarding through that stuff, which do we you want exactly? Do you remember how long it took to capture Slimer in the first movie? That hotel it's, sequence yeah. is like fifteen minutes. It's it's the ballroom. It's the all the other rooms. It's it's the hallways. Because guess what? Catching ghosts is hard. <laughs> <laughs> And it's exciting and it's interesting. I don't want to watch the research and the fucking watching the, the fucking toaster dance. <laughs> Just man, that's stupid. It's really yeah. Stupid. The toaster really likes Jackie Wilson. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's so stupid. Because let's let's lay out the slime thing. The slime thing. To your point, Bill Murray. Yes, there's too much slime in this movie. And the slime, you know, it. it if it if it's uh, if you're there's positive energy, it makes everybody happy. If there's negative energy, it makes everybody mad. And guess what? It's New York City, and everyone's mad all the time. And it's just and it's the their li- God-given right to treat people like dirt. It's the, it's that 1970s <laughs> fucking Times Square it. drawing New York version. Hey, hey, soul, what the fuck are you talking oh, about? Oh God, Bofo, fuck you! Get out of the fucking street, moron! Oh, sounds- oh this pig slime's making me so fucking angry. Hey, <laughs> sounds like this podcast with all that the toilet talk. <laughs> well, look, and that's a thing that's come up from time to time, right? I mean. We're just quintessential New York assholes. That's the thing. That's what we do. And the mayor is fucking right about it. If you want to be rude and call someone a fucking moron because they almost ran you over in the crosswalk, which I did today, (laughs) it's fine. That's what you're allowed to do. Guys, do you think that that pink slime over there might be affecting our mood? Do you think we would like Ghostbusters 2 if not for that pink slime? It's the other way around. It's oh. all the bad vibes yeah. are making it grow yeah, and grow and grow. Yeah. You know, so that's we why we make it the thing. Yeah. So that's why they're saying, you know, Winston's talking about bad vibes <laughs> to the mayor and all that stuff. Like, that's why they're trying to get everybody to fucking sing and hold hands at the end. Listen of the to Jackie movie. Wilson. In a movie <laughs> called Ghostbusters. I want Ghostbusters. Oh, that's weird. I don't want get a me big... the Ghostbusters. Get me the Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> the Ghostbusters. <laughs> I don't want to hear another thing about how New York has to take a chill pill or whatever the fuck. Oh my god, that's what they were trying. <laughs> they're that's trying the to whole they've been trying to shove thing. it down our throat for years. Yeah, by the way, two screenwriters who've been living in California since 1982 is trying to tell somebody that they got a problem with the way New York behaves. Thanks, guys. Got the message. Maybe that's the platform that, like, Giuliani ran on, you know? He was like, yeah, did everybody see that Ghostbusters too? <laughs> everybody's being really mean to each other. We should just kind of try to clean up the streets. Starting with you, Times Square prostitutes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Kill you by the dozens. <laughs> Yeah, he just <laughs> sent them to Siberia, <laughs> by the way. Where did the hookers go? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Just pushed them and pushed them and pushed them till they went in the river. I just imagine that being the end of the the Time magazine magazine end of the year issue is where did the hookers go? It's a picture of a barren Times Square. Good, good Tonight on Unsolved Mysteries, <laughs> a, a thousand prostitutes disappear from New York City. Also, a mink coat comes alive and kills some people. Don't check my trunk. <laughs> <laughs> Both of you do your Giuliani voices again real quick, just to one. each other. No, no, Chris and, Chris <laughs> and Andrew. So well, I, I was just kind of doing a thing where they kind of got just that lift going on there. Yeah, you all the homeless, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> Rudolph Giuliani and Mike Tyson are talking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> I believe everything President George Bush did during 9-11 was uh, spectacular. But the property damage. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about... And this is a thing that's really terrible. The soundtrack to this motion picture. Oh my god! R&B, Every other right? song has the word Ghostbusters <laughs> in it. It's amazing. And every other song is sung by Bobby Brown. Why? Because <laughs> they, they got this... in trouble last time with Ray Parker Jr. <laughs> They're like, uh, let's find another cracked out, drug addled R and B artist that won't give us a hard time. They bought a lot of stock at Bobby Brown in this movie. He's got some lines. Oh, hey, yo, the Ghostbusters! Can I get one of those proton packs for my little cousin? Get the fuck out of here! It's a and nuclear reactor. The negative energy went through the roof. <laughs> Bobby Brown. That's why the pink slimes are in. Well, I mean, don't <laughs> discount him. The guy had to make a rap song with a with Vigo and Carpathian in it. <laughs> Yep, and I think it was actually Babyface who wrote the song that he just sang. Speaking of Vigo, my one of my favorite <laughs> lines Vigo has about his life in Carpathia. <laughs> Vigo, the Carpathian, the high school years. <laughs> he talks about how he has a throne of blood. Yeah, what's that, that about? is not going to be sturdy, right? <laughs> Could you imagine trying to sit on a I road? keep falling through my throne of blood. <laughs> Freeze it! Freeze it! I kind of imagine it like uh, that shitty like blood connect when uh, Stephen Dorff gets killed at the end of Blade. <laughs> that shitty yeah. like blood connecting thing, like yeah. when he comes back down. You know what I love? I think this is not the first time you brought up Stephen Dorff's death at the end. Of the I don't believe so. No. <laughs> No. Well, it's an anniversary show. We gotta play out all the hits. Yeah, you're right. We're dragging out all the old bits. Actually, I, I was it. asked to write something for for BFI Classics. <laughs> so I'm just specifically on, that on scene. the end of Blade, <laughs> last twelve minutes of Blade. Well, I could write something about the whole film. No, no, just the last twelve minutes will be fine for the BFI. By the way, it's not just he's not even uh, Carpe. He's Carpathian, but he's also the scourge of Moldavia too. He he yeah. he's a little border jumping. Yeah, because he took <laughs> he like conquered Moldavia. Yeah, good. That's for him. something. Can we also talk about something that happens in the uh, in the toaster dancing scene? <laughs> Because God, that's a thing that you can just say because yeah, of this movie. That happens. Uh, that's a, one of those scenes. That's one of those days. Bill Murray had to be talked out of his trailer, right? It's like, <laughs> come, come on, Bill, we're doing the we're doing the toaster scene again. Well, Bill, you don't even have to say anything. <laughs> just be there. <laughs> just just hang out. <laughs> Do we, uh, yes, about but, the toaster but, but, scene. The, the one thing that happens in it, and it's it just strikes up unsettling nerve. I think I might know where you're going. Is when this. Egon. Yep. Come on, do it. Hints that he fucked the slime. Yeah, they're sticking their dick. Both of them. He didn't. Both of them. And that's not hinted. It's directly said. Yeah, that's not subtle. He's well sleeped with. 
He's I slept your, with. Yeah, did you, are I, you sleeping with the slime? No, because it's 1989, and everyone's still just saying, "Yes, oh, you slept with her, like you yeah. fucked her." They're sticking their dick in that slime okay. bucket. They say, "You old hound," <laughs> as if he just like ran through a couple cheerleaders or something. You fucked a substance. Well, you know, it's not like he destroyed the evidence. I suppose. Well, he definitely so, no. contaminated it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because that shit is mixed in now because I didn't see no cream rise to the top. No, it's actually no, no. You, Lord you, in heaven. You might be right, though. If <laughs> this like slime oil. has I, a... I thought. But this, no. this, should go to, this should go to SVU because <laughs> if the slime has emotions, can it consent? Can it not consent? Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a thing. It's and, a question. What, with those little, those little hands it had in the river, what's going on with that? Is it giving handies or is it ripping? Like, <laughs> I think this slime should defend itself. Dude, I would just love, like, Dan Aykroyd's, like, holding it, and he's like, all right, Iggy, we're going to do this, right? We're going to do this. It's in and the then, name of science. The, 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 the fucking slime's just bubbling, like, no, 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 no. No, put, up, put on Jackie Wilson. He loves it. Your love <laughs> taking me higher. Uh, uh, the, the it's the like fucking Pulp like, Fiction. <laughs> higher and higher. And the slime is just summoning ghosts. Be like, fight them! <laughs> fight them! Kill them! Kill them for me! <laughs> I mean, I, gurgle, gurgle. That's the other thing that I don't understand, just with regard to this soundtrack. So, in the toaster scene, it's Jackie Wilson, higher and higher, great tune. The end of the movie, it's Howard Huntsbury's doing a cover of it, and I'm like... How many fucking versions of this song do the Ghostbusters have on tape? <laughs> yeah, the Ghostbusters themselves just have lying around the house. It well, just doesn't make any sense. Just use the song again. Why are you paying for another well, version? It was of probably it? mastered in a better studio. You got more of like the amplification. I oh, feel. there's that. You know what, guys? The Huntsbury cut will work better when trying to make the Statue of Liberty come to so life. Yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> really. Can we talk about? The bullshit of all of Peter McNichol's powers. Yep. Like, yep. and uh, he is the cellophane s Superman. You know what I mean? Like, he can do yeah. anything he wants. It makes no sense. He turns into a ghost of an old lady at some point. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, why? No. Now I'm picturing it's Vigo that's really controlling the you know behind the scenes, and and Vigo is making him dress up. As an old woman, right? Yeah. Like forcing him, like, no, you put up. You're going to dress like the nanny from The Omen. And I'm going to, what, fly your soul with a ghost baby and then carriage. become a phantasm? I don't, it's... it makes no sense. And then he's alive. Like, you'd, think you'd be cool if, like, he killed him. And then he made, he's a ghost for the rest of like, the Like he's yeah. a ghostly Renfield or yeah. something. Yeah. 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 Make him a ghost. How cool is that? But he also has light beams. Why yep. all Which of do a sudden nothing. Yeah. he becomes a fucking car is with, because, with headlights? It's because he's a, he's a former resident of Carpathia. Right? Is that why he gets like special power? I mean, I don't. I I guess he's just the servant, but it's so ridiculous. It's supposed to be just a Renfield, like, and I would have liked that if that's sure. just it. And he does like slimy shit to get her. You know where she ends up at the end of this. Well, but Dan instead- Aykroyd and 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 uh, Egon there are the ones doing the slimy shit. <laughs> well, of course, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Harold Ramis getting his hands dirty in this movie. What we call the heavy lifting. Ray, Ray stands on Craigslist. M for S. What kind of slime you got? 
I would just like it if it was, it was like a missed connection. I saw you at the bottom of the NQ line. <laughs> you were near the third rail. And I looked at you for like five minutes and you didn't say anything. You just gurgled at me. <laughs> a rat ran through you and you trembled a little bit. You were that slippery brown green devil, you <laughs> Speaking of slime, of course, because it's the, the, nine, the, the late 80s, the cartoon... One of the reasons this show, this movie was made, I read that like re- nobody wanted to do it really, but they were pressured by boatloads of money. That cartoon was exploding. That though. was the thing is the cartoon was so enormous they had to answer it. Like you have to make another movie. I mean, yeah. granted they could have just walked away from it, but and the biggest thing on that cartoon is fucking Slimer. So yep. he has to. He's got a couple of bits in this movie, and none of them work because clearly the. Like Harold Ramis and uh, Dan Aykroyd want nothing to do with that. You know what I mean? Like it was like a one note joke. We're yeah. done with it, and they had to like write some Slimer jokes. And speaking of another person who got a new job, he's why now is he a bus, bus driver? driver. <laughs> what's, what's, <laughs> the years intervening, everyone, everyone really fucking you, reapplied themselves. Everyone took a long, hard look in the mirror and said something's wrong. Maybe he's just the ghost of Ralph Cramden. <laughs> And in the first movie, he was meeting Alice down at the big, oh, the big ritzy, uh, the raccoon lodge. Yeah. <laughs> There's also a series of, because we see, is the first time we see Slimer in this movie when he's driving the bus? No, it's before that, I want to say. Well, because there's, a, there's a, a, again, because this movie's just a sea of deleted segments. Yeah. There was a running gag where Lewis Tully was like, trying to capture him to like prove that he was a ghostbuster. So there's all these different situations including one where like he pretends to order a pizza oh, and he's like, "Oh, wow, how am I going to eat this whole pizza by myself?" because that was the conceit of the cartoon is like he was their food, you know, food hound pet that they you had. You know, I'd rather have that sequence because at least someone even though it's a bad way to ghostbust, someone is trying ghostbusting. I would like Slimer to be like the deep throat of the, the, the he's, he's the one who's got out he's, he knows all the x like he knows all the ghost x files and yeah he he's got all the stands. answers yeah i want that yeah. that's what i want <laughs> that cartoon was in love with that little fucker though it I really mean, was it was called slimer and the ghostbusters for a while they changed the fucking name of the cartoon <laughs> like just in case you weren't sure if you were gonna see slimer today there's like an episode i remember an episode of the cartoon where Slimer like goes in the containment unit and yeah. you see like that world which it's just a weird like sky heaven thing and there's all these ghosts that they keep running into and they all hate him because he's a fucking he is like kind of an informant they're like hey pussy yeah, he's- you like being with the ghostbusters huh? that's why I got 20 I got I got life in here <laughs> or ghost or life or whatever <laughs> eternity Eter- eternity would be the thing hey uh two words Kurt Fuller uh. Man, downgrade from William Atherton. Yep, yep. And that's the that's. I the, like uh, Kurt Fuller. Don't get me wrong. I do too. Yeah, me Kurt too. Fuller's I, a very I, funny comedian. There's no the reason record. to have that exact character again. <laughs> that well, that's the thing. It's just he's the William Atherton let's, role. Let's take the plot of the first movie and we'll just change shit enough, like people's professions, and <laughs> you know, scrape off all the funny and let's do it again. Wait, you know, we're gonna get a. Um, Oh, no, we can't do a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man again. What else is big in New York? Oh, yeah, the Statue of Liberty. We'll make that walk around. Uh, how about uh, the Bob's Big Boys' sidekick? <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, the Statue of Liberty walking in this movie is one of the laziest, most uncreative fucking things. But like, it, really? Another hundred foot thing is walking through the streets of Manhattan at the end of your movie? And I know it's really stupid to sit here and complain about the realism of a movie called <laughs> Ghostbusters 2. But that is a statue in the shape of a woman, not... It's not built with the joints that would enable it to move <laughs> yep. no matter what you do to it. Nope. Nope. No. Also, I, I kind of love the idea, the point when she's like walking on the bottom of the of the river there, the sound, and then she has to like, they don't show the scene where she has to like pick herself up like out of a pool to get up, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, how onto are the they, island. How are they doing that? No ladder. And, and, I mean, again, the property damage. My God. Like, yeah. these these people are cheering the weight of that would just be cracking the oh. sidewalk open. And guess what? That is a huge national landmark. You're not just messing with the city of New York now. You are going to Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> everyone's cheering the Statue of Liberty on instead of running would the would be horrified. Yes. Why is that beloved statue alive? We're, we're in the middle of our second ghost apocalypse in five years, and the Statue of Liberty shows up? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah, I'm moving to the sticks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm done with this big city living. This is two ghost apocalypses too many. <laughs> also, a thing that's garbage is, and uh, this is, it's it's not a movie meant for people to be you know, New York sticklers about it, but the building that they use to be the museum is a building, it's like a Native American museum. It's downtown right by, on the battery. It's like fucking 20 feet from the water. She wouldn't have to walk all the way down the street like <laughs> what happens in this movie. I'll let it go. But... Here's what I won't let go. So they have the Statue of Liberty. Like the torch explodes and all of a sudden there's fire there and it's a real torch. Whatever. Oh, by the way, it's being controlled by a fucking Nintendo gamepad. How's that hooked in? Who gives a shit? But this torch smashes down through the, the slime shell over the museum, right? And that's how the Ghostbusters like repel in. And you see the Statue of Liberty. Like her face is there and she's looking in like... Yeah, what's going on in here, says the Statue of Liberty. End of the movie, the Ghostbusters walk out of the museum. The statue has somehow fallen down in the street. Oh, did it really? Yeah, the Statue of Liberty's laying there when they walk out. Like, you can see the head. I'm like, where was that huge explosion sound? Good look with that, New York State. Have fun. We can't even see this. Why would you not have this be a scene in your movie the Ghostbusters are given the key to the city. They're on Liberty Island. The statue's been restored. It must be four years later. Because, like, <laughs> I mean, come on. Or did they just slime it again? I'm like, no, we'll walk it back. <laughs> come so, on. Dana come Barrett on. is now a senator. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would, it, it needed a scene where, like, when it was laying on the ground and, like, pink slime was coming out of its nose and stuff. Where, Mommy, why is it bleeding? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't appreciate uh, also going along with making this thing walk. Uh, the fucking the, the spunk guns that they have in this movie. You see Egon working on the slime yeah. shooter earlier in the movie, right? Why? What, you have a proton pack, Egon. Because it's for his sex chamber or something. <laughs> like, I don't, there's no other real explanation. It's just. Ray, like, I'd like to put you in this room and cover you in this. <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, it's, it's an experiment for science. <laughs> yeah, I it's wanna, for science. I'm really just trying to see how the room feels. <laughs> no. no, quiet. Quiet. I'm going to spray you on me. <laughs> but that's what's happening tonight. You're going to get sprayed on me. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you, you don't need a fucking slime box to do that. Anyway, 
<laughs> but unless Egon can predict the future, a future where he sees the two of them shooting the Statue of Liberty with this shit, there's no feasible reason that he would have to concoct this device. It's it's backwards logic. It's just for the sake of gadgets. Like, oh, remember how cool it was when we were introduced to the proton packs in the first movie? We got to be introduced to something else in this movie. It's toys. It's it's yeah, how to yeah. sell toys. Yeah, you're also, right. Yep, you're right. The biggest you want to talk about plot holes and things that don't make sense but only make sense if this is a movie? Why in the fuck do they change the Ghostbuster symbol to have a two on it unless this is Ghostbusters 2? Unless we're actually in the sequel of Ghostbusters 2, what two that what? Makes no, it's like, hey, you know how the ghosts are always like trying to get peace with us humans? Fuck that! No red line. No, no, that's the, it's the whole thing. It's like, peace out, be calm, be cool, man. Just everybody just chill out, chill man. Out. Chill out, New Cover York. yourself in some mood slime and just have a Saturday. It's a, it's a ghost with a joint. Big X through it. No. <laughs> I just don't understand. I mean, I don't understand that. Unless it was a thing where they're like, listen, guys, you know, we're franchising. We're going to open another fire department uptown. Yeah, we already bought a house in Harlem. That's going to be Ghostbusters 2. That'll be their uniforms. You know what I mean? You're right. It makes no goddamn sense. The, uh, my One of my bigger problems with this movie on the whole, though, is uh, Vankman in general. Because whereas you had this good back and forth, and Vankman was kind of getting his in the first one. He gets slimed. Yep. Yeah. He, he's kind of surprised by a few things. And in this and movie, Dana Barrett makes fun of him the entire time. Yes. And it, it works really well, and like, yep. it's a good. They have good rapport with each other. It's very funny, and it's 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 warm and charming. This it just vacillates between baby Gaga bullshit and like the most cynical asshole. Like <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, when he's in the court, I wanted to mention this. Uh, in the court, he refers to the female prosecutor, the woman who could have his head on a stick refers to her as kitten oh yeah it's outrageous <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's pretty out there it's not courtroom appropriate i mean it's just there's a difference between like funny vankman and asshole vankman yep. and it's way more asshole vankman in this movie like you think back to the scene in the first movie where um he goes to check out her apartment initially, and he's got the ga- the gadget yeah. with him, and he like t- you know tickles the ivories there, and he's like, they hate that, and like yeah. he's clearly flirting with her and everything. They try recreating that scene in his totally fantastic Soho loft apartment. By oh, the yeah. way, yeah, by the way, everyone uh, I guess got sued by the city, but still remained millionaires to open up bookstores and live in Soho and God knows what. Which <laughs> makes no sense because Vankman tells Fuller that they got stiffed on the bill. Yeah, they didn't get paid by the city for the job. How? Well, like things were cheaper back then, I guess. Right? I mean, you know, 1989, you kind of didn't want to live in Soho that much. I mean, you could and people did, but it wasn't like it is now with the stores and everything. So maybe. But yeah, this place is fucking fantastic. Oh, Williams and Sonoma wasn't around your corner back then. No, 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 no. But, you know, he's just got this public access TV show. That's not keeping the lights on. She has no like you know, bounce back rapport with him. She doesn't want to be with him until like the last scene they have together. And then she's just like, Oh, bring, bring me to bed. <laughs> hey, uh, bring me to bed. <laughs> uh, and, and like, it, it goes through like the first thing he does to try to woo her, by the way, is he takes 
her cello and starts playing it like the big bass boom, or boom, bass. Boom, boom. Boom, 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 boom. I don't know why I remember that's those are the notes, but that's what he plays. Oh, it's, it's, oh I, look at you. I've seen I, this movie a hundred fucking times. I enjoy when the Ghostbusters get committed in this movie. <laughs> and Dr. Brian Doyle Murray is there talking Which to them. Which is a nice, nice little thing. And it's funny, like... Bill Murray's head's down during the entire scene. Yeah. Is that to, like, avoid similarities in their faces? He <laughs> <laughs> just doesn't want the camera to see him. Uh, I mean, they, they do have, like, an exchange towards the end of the scene. It's kind of nice to see them act off each other and everything. I think that's more just because, like, it was probably late at night. And they're trying to, like, shoot this scene, and Bill Murray had had enough of the <laughs> Ghostbusters 2 well, I script. love when they get arrested because they come, after they go to the River of Slime, they go in and they're, like... Winston fucking Winston Egon and Ray go into go bust up Pete's big date like the little rascals in their long johns <laughs> and start jibber jabbing, sliming everyone, and they all get arrested. And it's 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 just it doesn't it doesn't fit any of the characters. They go they it's again we're having another conversation with the mayor trying to explain to him why a big emergency is about to happen yep. and the mayor's not buying it even though 5 years ago during the mayor's first term in office the fucking world almost ended and the ghostbusters convinced him that paranormal things happened. Not to beat on my Winston tip too much, but why is Winston only a Ghostbuster when they get arrested? <laughs> but why, why is that the only time he's uh, just as much of a Ghostbuster? Winston as, did it. Yeah, most, as the rest of them. Most of his dialogue is in jail. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You know what? Here's the thing that I noted watching this movie last night, okay? When they go and have this mirror scene with the mayor from the first movie... In the fr in, in the first movie, there's a thing like where he talks to the mayor and he's like, uh, "Winston Zeddemore, Your Honor, I only started with the company a few weeks ago, or whatever." Right? This movie, okay, you know, he goes, uh, "Mr. Mayor, Winston Zeddemore, nice to see you again." And the mayor doesn't shake his hand. And I looked, there wasn't any slime on that hand anymore. <laughs> nope. Yeah, he was in his long johns, but you know what? He'd washed his hands. Thanks a lot, Mr. Mayor. Well, you I, just lost a whole lot of votes. There is a funny line where they where Bill Murray says something about uh in the last election almost fifty percent of us voted for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those nice jokes where like there's just the right amount of words in yeah. it. Well, I think that's why in certain scenes like the when they go in, like Bill Murray is kind of like trying to, you know, be in the back of the scene. So he's like Ernie, take the scene. <laughs> yeah, you just Ernie, do it. Just, just have, you know what? Take the scene, please. Hey, uh, the most out-of-place sequence in this movie, a bunch of bloody, horrifying, severed heads. What are you even doing? That's a problem with this movie. Is It's what we've been saying, but like... Yeah, there's less comedy, but what they try to amp up more of is the horror side of wrong, it. Well, wrong. I don't need fucking move. heads on spikes. Like, what are you talking they about? They amp up everything else. Like... Try something. Like, the romance plot is big here. Yep. These these horror things are happening. The villain who gives a shit. Yeah, the villain, yeah, he's all throughout this movie, unlike Gozer. It's all over. It, it's suffocating any comedic room. And, like, this is like a scene out of Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> like, it makes no sense in this goobly-gobbly, like, ooh, there's a slimer. Like, it's, who gives a shit? And here's the other thing. So they're walking through this tunnel... Right, going back to try to find the the river of slime that they already know no, where exactly it is, right? And the whole the, what they're surmising is like Vigo is trying to stop them. So it's like 
the heads, tries to scare him off. Winston goes through the tunnel. The ghost train happens, and they're like, oh, we must be close. He's trying to mess with us or whatever. He's trying Why to... doesn't he do that the first time when they're digging a hole above his slime lair? Is that what the, the hands out of the slime might have been? I don't know, but... He doesn't. The guy existed in a time where the, he does. He doesn't know what he's never seen a train in person. Yeah, how does he know the ins and outs of New York City? They also, by the and way, it's a, it's a it's a country. I was on. West. I I've been existed for hundreds of years. I've I've traveled all around this city. I went to the <laughs> Met, the MoMA. <laughs> They didn't let me in the Guggenheim. <laughs> uh, they, the Whitney was very nice. <laughs> My relative told me all about it. He's graffiti. <laughs> <laughs> they make some remark. Uh, I think it's Sigourney Weaver's got the line um, that the painting is out, uh, but it's been in storage. So, like, what is the story? That's another thing, by the way. Why not a shot of, like, this painting is mysteriously delivered to the museum, yeah. like, oh, this isn't on the registry. What's going on? No, it's just been in the basement since the first movie, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. He's just been waiting. And there's also something about he say he keeps saying like, I'm gonna usher you know, usher in the new millennium. This, that, and the other thing. It's 1989. What are you even talking about? And why not give the guy, the actor the guy who's playing Vigo? I don't know the guy's name. I just know that he was one of the guys from Die Hard. Well, Max von Sydow does the voice, by the way. Yeah, which is a cool thing. Von Sydow double, oh, but the face is the guy from Die Hard. Yes. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, and Chris, he was also one of the nefarious pimps in Strozek. Oh yeah, movie. he was. Holy shit! Yeah, it's amazing. Werner uh, Herzog Strozek, everyone. What a great movie! Just like a floating head on a fucking pa- like, really? <laughs> you don't want to let him just walk around like a normal ghost? Yeah, why not have him walk? Like, I get he's from a painting. He mostly exists in a painting. Have him walking around the museum at night or something. You yep. know, like have Why something not? kind of creepy so happen. So then Ben or Stiller like... invited. <laughs> I love Ben, ben Stiller, Stiller and fucking <laughs> Robin Teddy Roosevelt Williams. <laughs> I would love it if like it turned into a real kind of night at the museum thing or like one of those old Looney Tunes cartoons where like the Mona Lisa's there and she ducks, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Dude, man, Vigo putting like the serious moves on the Mona Lisa. Sign me up. That'd be crazy. Would you like to sit on my throne of blood, Lisa? <laughs> no. Stayed out too late with the scream last night. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, by the way, uh, speaking of Vigo and how he possesses Peter McNichol, why is Dan Aykroyd getting possessed by Vigo in a completely different way? Peter McNichol possessed by a bunch of force lightning going into his eyeballs. Dan Aykroyd just stares at it and drools a little on the floor. Because Vigo... Because Peter McNichol is of Carpathian blood, and Dan Aykroyd is just a Canadian <laughs> mongrel. I, I will try and possess what little of your Canadian pig brain there is. <laughs> it just, and you know, supposedly, again, by the way. There's a whole deleted sequence where right after the possession happens, they get in the car and Dan Aykroyd's like flipping out and he drives the Ecto-1 like all through the streets like dangerously and all this shit. We only see a little bit of that in the montage and it's just played for laughs. There's a shot of Bill Murray being like, whoa, wacky driving. 
Why would you cut that out? This movie's not that long, and you're cutting out interesting things. They must or have, just cramming it into montage. They must have cut Dan Aykroyd's blowjob completely out of this movie. Like, they just <laughs> there's, there's absolutely... Oh, wait, towards the end, we get the Ghostbusters get their own little blowjob. In the form in the form of a painting okay. that that sanctifies. Well, when Vigo eventually is destroyed, his painting is re, reborn as like the Ghostbusters. How? How? Why? What? Magic. Who did that? All sorts of bullshit magic. Hey, here's the other thing. Did that magic change the canvas size? Because it's totally not as big as that <laughs> fucking Vigo painting. How'd you screw that up? Well, who gives a shit? It's only a multi-million dollar movie production. So Why be accurate with anything? Should we talk about how Vigo is, just, like, Vigo's endgame here of yeah. getting baby Oscar? Oh, like, God. They finally get that kid into the museum, right, with um, Ben Stiller and Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> And it, it's really, I feel like it's really like just because Vigo was trapped in that painting so much and talking a big fucking game. Oh, yeah. Scourge <laughs> of Moldavia. Yeah, I've I heard that one before. You. Oh, command me, Lord. <laughs> that was a little apu there. Sorry about that. And, that, yeah, and then, then when he finally manifests in the flesh, it's just like, oh, no, I'm being hurt by slimes. Yeah, he just... slime. Oh no, the slimes! <laughs> no, he's fucking the Grinch at the end. He's like, their singing hurts me. <laughs> it's just like, but it's also... dude, you know what? You hear old Lang Syne enough fucking times, it'll really make your ears bleed. So he's like, he needs to like go into the baby by like New Year's Eve or whatever for some reason, in order to like usher in the new era of me being a baby. <laughs> yeah. Why a baby? It doesn't even make sense because it's like you think about it. It's 1989, right? Right. He's going to go into a baby. They say that the baby's like eight months old. By the t- like, And then he's talking about blah, 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 the new millennium. So like 2000 or, you know, if you're being a stickler, 2001, right? So the baby then would be maybe, like maybe he's 12. got a, tw- I mean yeah maybe he's got a different calendar. What is he going to be fucking King Joffrey, just this little baby king? <laughs> yeah, well, it's weird because he has like this really like a weird sensitive reading when he's like and mother to me. Oh yeah, so like Peter, he's McNichol- into it. By the oh, way, don't really worry is. about oh, it. And guess what? Vigo breastfeeds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah count on it. that. <laughs> So, like, his face is, like, morphing into the baby's face. And, like, at this point, Sigourney Weaver's now tied up with... with fuck it, like, It's a vacuum cleaner it's wire. Just, yeah. Vacuum cleaner tubes come down like a bad episode of Doctor Who. Like, that's... <laughs> oh, no, the tube monsters! And these fucking things come yes, down like Yes, the tube monsters. I've commanded them. And the whole... The Carpathian tube monsters. Oh, no. from our Carpathian vacuum cleaners. <laughs> the only export of my native land. <laughs> Not vacuum cleaners, but just the tubes. And the whole room is filled with candles. Like, it's the fucking wrapped around your finger music video. <laughs> <laughs> and Sting's just dancing. <laughs> well, I want to see that, right? Where Peter McNichol's setting up this domino line of candles. Like, oh, they keep falling. <laughs> How great would it be if at the end of the movie the Ghostbusters fail and, like, you know, Vigo gets into the soul of the baby and then he, uh, Peter McNichol winks at Sigourney Weaver and she's like, what, why? And then he just breaks the baby's neck and he's like, it's the only way I had to weaken him. I just, I had to do it. I was, I was undercover the whole time. That would be amazing. You know what? I would instantly love the movie. 
<laughs> Mandy Patinkin comes on and just said, you did good. <laughs> <laughs> Had to be done. Plan from the beginning. Yeah, he's, just, he's got a, a red-blooded... I'm CIA. Uh, <laughs> my real name's John Hartchuk. I've, I've been working at this museum for years just to establish my my cover. Did you know that uh, the country of Carpathia is completely made up? <laughs> I actually even drew the flag. It's not even a real flag. I would love if the, C- you know, the CIA had like an undercover... like. Art world slash supernatural realm division. <laughs> they would have to. Sounds this, a little R.I.P.D. At to this me. point, yeah. they would have to. Yeah, the ghosts exist. There has That's to. True. The they, X Files exist. There has to be somebody's. Uh-huh, a governmental uh-huh. agency was born it, out of what yep, happened. Hell, yeah, right. Hellboy showed up and they took care of it. <laughs> Man, Hellboy working in, in tandem with the Ghostbusters. You know the most exciting thing that uh, Ernie Hudson does in this movie? He breaks down a door and uses a fire extinguisher. <laughs> yep. When they The scene where the two of them get locked in the dark room because yeah. the ghost doesn't like getting his picture taken. Another thing about the, uh, Ernie Hudson here. When the ghost train, which looks like a train that Daniel Plainview got on, <laughs> not a subway train... Yeah. Um, they like they bail out, leaving Ernie Hudson to get hit by the ghost locomotive. Sure do. You can just grab your buddy Winston and be like, "Hey, Winston, th- this ghost locomotive's coming." Because you're my colleague and friend, and I don't want you to die. No, yeah, but, you know what, Ernie Hudson? Says, let's try it. You should just let's try it. You should yeah, just science. not work there. Yeah. What? <laughs> my science says let's try it. Let's 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 see. Let's, let's just see leave him in front of that ghost. <laughs> see what happens. You're right, though, that it is just like a, a solid like. Coal burning train. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually one of the one of the few lines uh, that I got a laugh of was when you know he's like, "Oh, what's the, the train look like? This train?" He's like, "I missed it," which is very funny. <laughs> yeah, that the was other, the one that always got me. The one that I really like is when uh, it's probably an ad lib. Is when Bill Murray's like sucking the guts, boys, with the Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it's mostly Bill Murray's lines. I think this is a testament to how much of a genius he is. It's a movie that he clearly doesn't give a shit about being in. He's unhappy being on the set every waking moment. But yet he still has the best jokes in the yeah. movie. Hands down, just still has the best jokes. He's yours, Ray. Sick him. <laughs> when, uh, when, when Egon goes, I'd like to run some gynecological tests on the mother. And he goes, well, who wouldn't? <laughs> also, Egon, yeah, get the fuck out of here. You're going to run gynecological tests. You're a ghostbuster. Excuse me. <laughs> and a slime rapist. Yeah. So, oh, and, and a room feeler. <laughs> room feeler. <laughs> Well, the funny, the weird thing is one of those things like you know, never got when you're a kid. But I looked it up on Wikipedia. Is when uh, e- Venkman busts is busting uh, Egon's balls about like, oh, you know, you've got that hot little lab assistant or something. He's like, she must be interested in your. I don't even know what he what Venkman says. He's like, actually, she's interested in my epididymis. Epididymis, by the way, is the is are the tubes that connect the the testes to the vast of friends. That's yeah. fucking weird. Egon, it's a, you're a weird dude. It's a weird thing to say. <laughs> Egon, it's a, it's a weird thing to say. Dead ringers. <laughs> <laughs> you just fucking all sorts of slime. Uh, a couple of odd cameos in the mayor's office. Uh, police commissioner Philip Baker Hall and uh, mayoral office analyst Ben Stein's yeah. just yeah. there. That's weird. And uh, and also um, harbor oh, watchman yes. uh, Cheech Marin. 
speaking of which, that reminded me of another. There's some cheap editing going on in this movie. So there's the dumb thing where the, yeah, everybody's going crazy. That dumb song Flip City's playing, and you know the the cops like the Titanic just arrived, <laughs> and there's Cheech Marin and some dude, and he's like, "Oh, better late than never," you know. Later in the movie, like the last thing you see is Cheech Marin and this dude like just staring like deer in the headlights at at the Titanic ghost ship. Later in the movie, when the Statue of Liberty is walking down the street or walking through the harbor, they just cut back to a sh- the very same shot yep. of the two of them just staring. So cheap. Where's your line for that? Like, oh, Lady Liberty. Like, anything. <laughs> Say anything, Cheech Marin. Why are you in this movie? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That's that line they cut, actually. So it's like, <laughs> well, how the fuck does that work? Apparently, that was supposed to be, instead of the Titanic, was the Hindenburg. <laughs> yeah. they were supposed too, too soon, you think? I think it was well, too soon. The, no. the Titanic edged it out a little bit. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, that's the thing. Is like people think about the Hindenburg, they don't realize that it was, well, uh, uh, a Zeppelin from Nazi Germany. So perhaps <laughs> showing swastikas flying over Manhattan... <laughs> That's so great. May not be the best idea. No, hey, I can see where you're coming from. You know what? It's just I'm a warning. I'm all for it. Don't get me wrong. Listen, listen. <laughs> It's just a warning of what might have been <laughs> if we had if we hadn't figured it out. Yeah, it's and true. All, you, and also, Vigo would have probably like <laughs> like like the Hindenburg. interesting ideas. <laughs> when uh, when uh, when Vigo uses his uh, force lightning breath. On them. Oh, and they're all like, like paralyzed. When, yeah, when Venkman's talking shit, you'd be living the sweet life in the beautiful San Fernando Valley. Don't need to remember that he says that. Uh, and then Vigo just burps and they all get paralyzed again. They're all checking on each other, right? And they're like, uh, Egon, you okay? Yeah, Ray. Yeah, Venkman. No one's asking how Winston's doing. Because that would give him something to say in this movie, which is not allowed. That would also make him like a human. Do you think like somebody they care and have empathy for? Yeah, yeah. Do you think Ernie Hudson was on set like guys? Can I just you see this line right here where Dan asks what time it is? Can I just ask? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's still it's technically still the eighties, and you're black. <laughs> <laughs> or like, oh, and you're, you're not Eddie Murphy. Listen, when uh, there's that scene where Ray and Egon are trying to figure out what to have for dinner, can I maybe suggest a food that Winston might like to order? No. Well, that's the problem. In the first movie, he's got stuff to do because yeah. he's he's like our eyes for a little bit. Like he also like, has an iconic line. He does. He loves this. That's town. the big. I, I love this, this town. town. It's big twi- about the Twinkie. We've got yeah. the tools. We got the talent. I yeah. mean, he was he, honestly he's a good character in that first movie. In the first movie, like there's that thing like oh they wanted Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy would have been terrible in that role. It would have been awful. It would have been just way too many like com- comedy joke too jokes. Too many chefs in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. No, he's exactly. a great straight man. You know what I mean? Like he gives people great looks and like he's involved. This movie is just like I, we, I guess we should. He's in the cartoon, right? Yeah, let's have him back. The perfect example, by the way, of a, a line that Eddie Murphy would have butchered versus Ernie Hudson totally kills it is when he's talking to the mayor in that first movie and he says, "I've seen shit that'll turn you white." Imagine like. The animated fiasco Eddie Murphy would have turned that line into, right? And like yeah. Ernie Hudson just gets right in his face and says it exactly how he should, mm-hmm. and the joke totally plays. Eddie Murphy would have ruined that. Yep. It's good casting. He's a good actor. 
why have him back in this movie if you're not going to use him? It makes no goddamn sense. Oh, Winston was killed in a car accident <laughs> four years ago. I Sorry, everybody. We wish this movie started four years later, but it's five <laughs> years later, and he's been dead. And then his ghost could be a hostage of Vigo. <laughs> I found your friend. Or oh, maybe- yeah, you could keep him. <laughs> Or maybe he's not really our friend. He's kind of an associate. He's kind of our employee. He could be like Jamie Kennedy in Scream 3. He comes back and he tells him about Vigo. <laughs> he's been in the ghost world. He knows Vigo. <laughs> I've been talking to some ghosts around the water cooler. Apparently he was drawing quartered. That never happens anymore. <laughs> so also, speaking of I love this town, right? That's like, I love this town. Mm-hmm. Kick in the Ghostbusters theme song. Bada bing, bada boom. We're out. This is like, well... All right, there's that painting. That's cool. And they all look at it. They're like, "Ooh, it looks like early Renaissance. Maybe Donatello, or you know, maybe Donna bullshit." <laughs> yeah, seriously, <laughs> it looks like some fucking art school flunky painted Harold Ramis with pecs. Yeah, you yeah. think Harold Ramis was like, uh, "Went up those pecs a little bit there." <laughs> Flab up Ackroyd, just like fifteen percent. <laughs> I think Ackroyd's one of the ones that's just got like a toga over him because you could kind of fake the funk with Egon Spangler's physique. I mean, race dance. But we all know the slime has seen the true flab. It's a copious chin on Ackroyd, is what I'm just saying. <laughs> It'd be here. creative at the end of the movie. It's like it, they all turn into painting, and it's it's Dana Barrett, the baby, Egon, Egon, Peter. Ackroyd and then fucking Rick Moranis. And it's just like, really? Winston's like way in the back, like standing on a hill. (laughs) Egon's holding the slime. Like, oh, guys, I didn't make the painting. No, you're there. No, look, you're there. Where you belong. It's called perspective. (laughs) Yeah, you uh, give the painting depth. You're the most important part of the painting. It wouldn't work without you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the painting would be a total flop if we didn't have you standing 300 yards away on a hill. You have your own story. Don't worry about it. Ah, <laughs> uh, and that's Ghostbusters 2. It it literally just ends. There's no I love this town line. There's nothing. It's over with. It's Everyone's singing outside. It's the new year. The mayor's walking around without any kind of a detail after a huge emergency. Kurt, Kurt Fuller, Fuller got fired yeah. earlier on. Yeah, but he's just singing with everybody because why not? He kind of turns into his character at the end of Wayne's World. Yeah, like, I yeah. love you, man. Yeah. yeah. No. I love you, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. Because everybody's just loving everybody. And apparently... The Ghostbusters fixed New York's biggest problem, which was getting in your fucking face. The bad attitudes. Yep, yeah, all the bad vibes, man. They're gone. Yeah. They're just gone. And the ghost, and I guess people remember that ghosts really do exist because there was a Ghost 11 about five years ago. <laughs> and now there's another Ghost 11. And maybe this time they'll be like, oh, wait, you know, maybe we, ha- we need a lot of Ghostbusters. Let's have like an army of Ghostbusters. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And Maybe the, and the office of G- Ghostland Security was born. <laughs> run, I mean, because there, there's got to be West Coast ghosts, you know, Middle oh, yeah. America ghosts, Great White North ghosts, school I mean, spirits, the whole gamut. I think it's a state thing. I think it's you know the NYGD. Yeah, yeah, it's it's state run organization. I think that's and then, what you're doing. Winston goes out to like. 
New Jersey where they appreciate him a little bit more. He runs the that ghost office. <laughs> they start seeing that the New Jersey ghost department is getting a lot more captures each month <laughs> than the New York office run by those three scientist idiots. And you know, I'll you know, we should end the conversation on this. I never want to see a Ghostbusters 3 yeah. of any kind. New cast, I don't care. That video game that came out's pretty amazing and it's a good story and it's like set in the early 90s, which is perfect. I don't need any more Ghostbusters. I it's, don't. I have the first I, movie forever. I mean, it's going to happen. I, I, I refuse to believe it's not going to happen. At some point, they're doing this fucking thing. It's either a Ghostbusters know. 3 or a Ghostbusters it's reboot. It's a reboot. It's yeah, it's more than likely the, it's a reboot, okay. I'm telling you. You know what, though? I would rather see a reboot than I would see these guys do it again. Because th- if they didn't care in 1990 or 1989, they definitely don't give a shit post-2013. Well, as much as I don't want to see it, I'm not. I'm also not like completely... like If you want to do a 21 Jump Street-type movie with the Ghostbusters, I'm into it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to laugh. So it's all like younger... Like, it's, yeah, it would it's be like... your Jonah Hills and Rogan and Franco and the whole... The, and then they're whole. also there in some capacity. Yeah. You mean? The, I, I, except, for, except for Winston. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe only Winston would be nice. That would be great. Be He'd great. finally get his day in the sun. <laughs> it was just him and then all new people. What happened to the rest of them? Oh, they're all dead. <laughs> yeah. I, they're dead and I busted their ghosts. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're way dead. I also wouldn't like to see a Ghostbusters 3. I, I just I don't have a I don't have a need for it. And no. I mean in any capacity really. But you know, Holly weird. But you'd prefer a Ghostbusters reboot over a Ghostbusters I, 3 though. I don't know. I think I'd prefer Ghostbusters three personally. I mean, really? I, I don't want it. I don't want either of them. But the, I, I but feel like, like it also depends on how far the reboot would go. Because if we're like recasting Vankman and stuff, like it's Vankman didn't college. Yeah, that's, oh, you so you're using that. the same characters, and it's like how the Ghostbusters got back. If together, you just take the idea of Ghostbusters, right? Or honestly, you can make Ghostbusters three take place now in the Ghostbusters future. Maybe all the Ghostbusters are gone. I'm not saying dead, but maybe they're just retired or they don't give a fuck anymore. The closest you see them is a, a bust or a fucking painting on a wall. And then, like, Winston's training the new cadets. He's got he's one the, patch. He's the, the last <laughs> flame. Yeah. Yeah. He has a post-apocalyptic eye patch. Yeah. <laughs> He's been like ghostbusting his own himself, like a vigilante ghostbuster, like a merc on the edge of the world for a while. (laughs) And now he's like the Dark Knight Returns with Winston Zedmore. I like that idea. (laughs) That would be great. I yeah, I I kind of agree with Eric a little bit. I'd but I'd just rather the thing that you can't separate from the from the Ghostbusters mythos is that it's it's the eighties. You know what I mean? And that's the problem with a lot of reboots and reruns and whatever the fuck else and later on in sequels you forget the era that how important the era of the movie is to the movie and it's inseparable for me it's a real 80s movie and not in a fucking like you know john hughes way where it's like capturing youth culture but no it's capturing 80s culture in a real fucking way yeah i don't need to see venkman with a cell phone or rays on his eye no that i mean that would be the issue is that if you're trying to update that's why i don't want the ghostbusters 3 because that's the scenes that you would get are him using a cell phone him what's an ipod what is this candy like you, <laughs> it a makes a really no dumb sense. person yeah well it makes no sense to me candy. to do that kind of thing so if you're gonna do it just rethink the whole damn thing do a whole scrape yeah. off that's the thing is like at that point just don't do it don't even bother so real quick is anyone recommending ghostbusters 2 
If you, if someone hasn't seen Ghostbusters, well, you've already too. seen it. That's I mean, everybody's right, listening to it. Obviously, already seen it. Well, yeah, yeah. I feel like if you've never seen it, you probably should see it just to because because you you know you like Ghostbusters. It's the Ghostbusters. Bill Murray's in it. Why yeah. haven't you sought it out yet? It's the Ghostbusters. Exactly. And I mean, I wouldn't recommend this movie necessarily. I don't particularly. I I this this recent review, I was like, whoa, this is a lot more boring than I remember. It's, it's it, a dull movie. It, it was, loses it loses it loses all steam every single rewatch. It just becomes less and less relevant, less and less enjoyable. Yeah. Super choppy. Uh, yeah, choppy. I was practically falling asleep by the time we got to the ghost train. And it's the thing where, like, why in the age of video, in the age of video that we have, you know, the videotapes we got, in the age of being <laughs> able to rewatch whatever the fuck you want, why on earth wouldn't you just watch the first movie? Why on yeah, earth would yeah. you choose between those two and be like, well, I got, there's some value in the second movie. There's none. There's literally no value to it. There's none. And, you know, like I said, this was a big thing for me. I had to unplug myself from the Matrix, and all of a sudden I woke up in a pod in my own fluid, and <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne helped dry me off. And right? then you fucked that slime, huh? Yeah. yeah <laughs> you dirty it. fucking little pervert. You fucked that slime, huh? I put on Jackie Wilson and I fucked it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's it's sadly a terribly boring movie. It's com- it's a completely unfunny comedy, and this hasn't been an hour and a half of us being like, it's not. It just doesn't make me laugh. Like, how can this movie make you laugh? There's no jokes in it. Well, the, there's a couple. There's, I mean, yeah, we've gone over the Bill Murray lines mm-hmm. that work, right, mm-hmm. and the Lewis Tully lines that work. I mean, they're there. But really, on the grand scheme of this movie, there's no jokes in this movie. It's certainly none that you would repeat. And the first one, (laughs) all you did was repeat the jokes. That's that's the thing. No one's quoting Ghostbusters 2. Everyone's quoting Ghostbusters Yeah, exactly. And some people might be like, oh, like, we're just, you know, like, people are nostalgic for this movie. And that's probably why you have a, a deep love of this movie. You actually look at the critical reception of this movie when it came out. You might be surprised that they sound a little more like us. Ebert and Sis, excuse me, Siskel and Ebert. Yeah, right, top, Eric. I'll give Siskel top billing. But <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I mean, they both uh, they both hated this movie. So. They hated it. That video is on YouTube of their review, and it's like at what fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, yeah, that's it's cer- it's certified rotten. So you know what? Here's the thing: rewatch it and prove to yourself. Watch it through the WHM games, <laughs> and you know you'll you'll see. You might not come back. <laughs> you won't come back the same person. At least, yeah, you're gonna you'll come yeah. back a person who doesn't like Ghostbusters too. That's Ghostbusters 2 from 1989, directed, of course, by Ivan Reitman. If you want to get a hold of us, check out our website, whmpodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, at whmpodcast. You can also write into our mailbag, weallhatemovies at gmail.com. Rate and review the show in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get the program. And don't forget, The Stroke of Midnight on New Year's Eve. By the way, that's Stroke of Midnight Eastern Time. Uh, 718-925-3893. International listeners, you can, of course, just leave us a message on Skype. Blame It on Outer Space is back in action, of course. And I also want to mention that Mm -hmm. after this program, if you use the WHM app or Bandcamp, we have a bonus episode of We Hate Movies doing something a little different coming in. A little new show we have called Animation damnation so if that sounds appealing check it out uh, whmpodcast.bandcamp.com or go to our website and figure out how to purchase the app and you can stream all our bonus content that way also we'll see you next week until next time i'm andrew jupin students here chris gavin eric Siska. take it easy
the chair!